This is the Motley Fool Money Mailbag. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, our very special Sunday morning mailbag edition. I am Scott Phillips. He is the man that's probably still nursing an Australia Day hangover, Andrew Rampage. Good morning, mate. How are you? <laughs> very good. Um, Two-day hangover, mate. Uh, Have you been up at three o'clock in the ice bath? <laughs> Probably, but let's go with the latter. <laughs> the, the truth, the truth is very much in between those two extremes. I can mm, tell you, there is that. There is. I'm, that. I'm too. I'm too old for hangovers. Let me oh, just say mate. that. I don't. I don't handle them well anymore. Me either. You know, it's not. It's not even that. It's, it's actually. I'm so old now. I actually, can stop drinking at the right yes. time. It's like, yeah. I come at that point now where if I go, if I keep going, I regret it tomorrow. I think I'll stop. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I've been there for a while. I'm old, but it's one of those. Things, I, I I think I've said this before, but I vividly remember the point time I first did that. I was like. I was like thirty something, or whatever, like early thirties. Like, I probably should. It's like, okay, that's I, I've, I, I've, I've either if I want to be kind, I've reached maturity. If I want to be unkind, I've just got old. Because either way, like, that, that's the point. Where I just can't do this anymore. Still have a drink, but uh, yeah, not not to excess. Yeah, as, uh, as, yeah, in, as in days gone past, uh, mate. Um, let's kick on with questions because we've got a heap in the mailbag. Thank you everyone for sending them in. Uh, we are going to have a heap. Uh, of stuff to get through. So let's let's go with a question or two questions actually from Nick who starts by saying, Hi Scott and Ram, I hope this message finds you well. As a long-time listener and first-time writer, I wanted to express my thanks for the two insightful episodes each week. Your ability to complain, explain complex concepts all <laughs> no, the while... No. Those are Freudian complain. slip exactly. right there. <laughs> yes. Uh, your ability to explain complex concepts all the while considering the nuances is truly impressive. Creating a podcast that resonates with both beginners and, quotes sophisticated investors. That's for you, Ram, I'm sure. Sure, There's let's no go with small that. feat. And it has certainly guided this private investor's journey. I think you mean retail investor, Nick. Uh, he said, I have a few <laughs> questions for you both. One, you recently answered some questions about substantial shareholders on the podcast. Do annual reports have to disclose all of a director's holdings in the company, including their indirect holdings via trusts? Additionally, how frequently does a company have to report changes in a director's holdings? Ram. Yep. Uh, yes, they do. Um, and it's all their, uh, what, what's the phrase? Beneficial holdings? Beneficial holdings, Is, correct. Well, yep. Yep. So that they absolutely do. So you can't hide it in the dog's name through a trust within a trust <laughs> within a trust. <laughs> Well, you can, yeah. but you're not Bl- meant Bluey, to. Bluey the uh, dog having 6% of a company is probably a giveaway, I would suggest. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, I think you can take that as read and they need to make an announcement. There is a form name and number that escapes me right now, but mm-hmm. they have to, I think it's within a couple of days, they have to announce you whenever there's been a change to director's interests. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, you, you, two you have to days, Three business days is reasonably quick. But just, just a... a, a Technical point, a substantial holder is different to a director's interest. So substantial holder is anyone, you, you can be a substantial holder and not be a director and you can be a director and not be a substantial shareholder. So a substantial shareholder in this context, the context used yes. is anyone who owns more than 5% of the total shares. Mm-hmm. So, and, and they need to be, they need to update the market too. Uh, so if you had to, it's usually like the, the very last part of the annual report. If you skip to that, you'll see the top 20 shareholders and I believe all the substantial shareholders as well. Yeah, it's a it's a, an important part of uh, shareholder communication. Hopefully keeps things a bit more above board than otherwise might be the case. Uh, if you didn't know someone owned 9-10% of a company or a director owned who was, was selling shares, it makes a difference. We have talked about directors selling before. I, I think the, the, um, 
Linkage is often overdone, but it is it is something investors and shareholders should know. His second yeah. question. Actually, he's got three questions. Second question was a question about AGMs. I recently listened to the recording of LaVisa's AGM and felt the directors sounded standoffish with the questions that were asked. I don't mm. feel like they directly answered any of the questions. Admittedly, these were all by analysts who were looking for numbers to add to their spreadsheets. <laughs> E.g. expected growth in your existing regions or how many stores they aim to open or close. I As part owners pain. of these companies, don't investors have a right to know a little more about how these companies are doing? Do you feel yes. that more qualitative questions would be a better indicator of how management sees the company and its prospects? Or do you yes. have any examples of any memorable AGMs that changed your opinion of a company? Good question. So let's go those oh, in order, mate. Excellent. You've already thrown some yeses in, but let's, uh, let's, let's break them down. Uh, um, as shareholders, uh, don't investors have a right to know, he asks, a little more about how these companies are doing? I mean, they don't have a legal right. I mean, there's there's what must be disclosed, mm. and there's no rule or regulation that says a executive or a director must be polite and respectful. You know, um, and they will obfuscate where and and deflect as as well as any politician if if they want to. So, but the answer, the question is more like, should they? And I think yes. Yeah. And I think yes. And you can't change the way some people are. But you can vote with your wallet, and it it sticks in my crawl. I, there there is some. Um, I, I've been to a lot of AGMs, and they're just the the tone is very disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the questions are dumb questions, right? But it's like I, I feel as though so what you're paid a king's ransom. You've got to do this once a year. You front up to shareholders, even if it's a silly question. You you, I think it says a lot about the character of the person. Yeah. And I don't know if it fits into a spreadsheet anywhere and how you change your analysis, but it, it's a negative in my view. Mm. I, and then I've seen, I've seen other CEOs and that who will go out of their way to, you know, the, at the coffee break, come and mingle with people. And, and, and you hear some of the questions that are put to them and they are so genuine and lovely and nice and respectful and patient and again, I don't know, maybe they're complete crooks behind the scenes, <laughs> but I, I think it says a lot of, I think it says a lot about the character, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, oh, can, I, can, I, of, can I take a slightly yeah. different view than that? Yeah, please, please, um, please. Only, only, for, only for the sake of adding to the conversation, not to, mm. not to um, undermine your view or disagree strongly with it. I... There is a... There is a so if I owned a business outright... Mm. And I own 100% of the business. And I, I went to a meeting and I asked questions of the management of that, of that business in an open forum uh, where, you know, would, would, I, would I want those questions aired in an open forum where my competitors, suppliers, customers could, could look on, oversee, overhear and go from there? Mm. Um, I'm not going to defend LaVisa at all. I don't know them from Adam. Uh, I don't own any shares. But these guys are on a massive rollout uh does the store rollout matter i don't know maybe it does if you're competing with them maybe it does maybe it doesn't um i i think if i if i owned the business outright i'd be like oh let's not let's not say that one publicly guys and now there's a question right because they can't answer those questions privately because it's market sensitive so whatever they yep. do say absolutely one million percent should be said in a public forum but i kind of think that there's a there's a there's a very decent tension between telling shareholders what the shareholders want to know and mm. acting in the shareholders interests Yep. And there can be a decent conflict there, potentially. And again, there are sometimes just crooks. People don't want to answer because they don't want the scrutiny. I, that's, I get that. Um, the voting with your wallet thing made is kind of... I, I, the more I do this, the more I kind of think 
either trust management to look after my money or I don't. Yep. And does does that change on the floor of an AGM? Maybe sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. I use a very simple example. Everyone knows I own Sol Pat's shares. Robert Miller is not, not a saint. I don't agree with him in everything. But I'm happy to believe that after running the business for the best part of 30 years and being the fourth generation of the same family, if he sees fit not to tell me something, I, have, I believe he's got a good reason for it. And I'd rather him go and run the business in my interest and deliver me the value accretion that running it well will deliver rather than making me feel better or somehow, I'm going to say more informed. People say, of course, you should be more informed. And I get that. But I'm kind of like, I want managers to work on my behalf, not just answer my inane questions if they are, or, or inconvenient questions if they are not good for the business. And I, just, I would draw that distinction, I think. I, I don't, I, actually, I don't disagree with that at all. So it, for me, it's, it's not so much, I'm not saying that they must answer every question put <laughs> yeah, to fair, them, fair. but I do think they should treat res- shareholders with respect. Uh, In that, fact, I I've, I've, agree with that. Well, I mean, we, do, we do regular CEO interviews at, at mm-hmm. Strawman's, part of what we do. And many a time, mm-hmm. um, a, a, a CEO has said, well, with all due respect, I, I can't answer that because it's commercially sensitive. It mm-hmm. is a good question. Let me give you some other things that might um, help add some color or something <laughs> like that, right? And which I go, I mean, I'm, I don't come away from that upset at all. But when you see, when, when the attitude is one of disrespect and impatience and that and this is all very a personal thing and you like be plenty of people going I don't really these people aren't there because they're nice people necessarily they're there because they're competent people and I get that argument too mm. but I do yeah I, I I do feel that character is important because what Agreed. if you are a nasty person um, uh, or if you are a dishonest person you you it's like Tigers don't change their stripes very often, right? <laughs> and it's sort of like if you're acting like this to me, your mm. boss, a shareholder, what are you like to your employees and your counterparties and your customers? You know what I mean? So this is a very airy-fairy kind of thing and people can disagree. But I just – for me, it's it, – and it's not necessarily a thesis breaker at all. There's there's companies where I, I don't like the CEO but I like the company, right? Um, so you've got to you've got to – balance everything up but it is in and of itself i do see it as a negative and i feel as though you do have an obligation as much as you must hate it and i bet they hate it i i can see i would too right like front up people are there going to complain that the tea's not warm enough and they last year they had nicer sandwiches and you know i spoke to someone at your bankstown store and you know they were a little right. bit rude you, you, you got to deal with a lot of frustrating <laughs> yes, yes. questions I and, get and a bit that. of activism well-intentioned yes. and otherwise and stuff and yep. it's kind of some level it's like this is a dog and pony show yes uh, you know and frankly as a shareholder part of me is like you know i don't want my management team spending a day answering inane rubbish from these people yes they should be accountable on the other hand well, they've got 250 work days. Go back to go back to the office and do do something that adds yeah. value, right? There's it, um, again, I'm not I'm not we you and I, I you know we're arguing about the one percent. I'm not arguing. We're just sort of you know pointing yeah. out the slight yeah. differences. I'm 100 percent with you. I think you're pretty much with me. Um, and you're right. You're you're dead right. The character of I think the character is really important, right? I think that's yeah. that's really that's valuable. How how they deal with the people they deal with. Can I have one more one more recall, which is just just a reminder, everyone. I've made this point before. People normally get to CEO roles because they're good salespeople. Yes. You very, very rarely walk out of a, an engagement with any management team and go, gee, I like them less than I did yesterday. So true. And so the people who walk around and very nicely and patiently answer those questions from shareholders and you say, gee, oh, I say, gee, he's a nice guy. Gee, she's a nice lady. 
oh, yeah. that, you know, I, I feel better about walking out of the room. Am I, do I feel better because they are likely to run the business better or have a better business model or execute better? Or am I just like, oh, that, they seem nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, and again, that's and again. I know you're more sophisticated than that, as as our listeners. But just one thing that, that listeners should be a little bit careful of is very easy to be likable, very easy to be charismatic. Bernie yes. Madoff was charismatic. The guys at Enron yes. were charismatic, right? That's that's yeah. you know that that's the thing. Um, now, charisma's fine. It's good. Steve Jobs was charismatic and, and created enormous amounts of value. So I'm not mm. saying charismatic wrong. I'm just saying be mindful. These people, you know, con men are con men because they're really good at this, not because they actually have something to sell. Um, yes. So just be, or they do, but you know what I mean? Not because they've got any value, real value to create. Uh, that that is so true. Actually, you know, there, and there are always exceptions to the rule. Yes, exactly. um, I probably, I don't want to name names because you get yourself in trouble, but there's a couple of CEOs <laughs> that are done. very gruff and they're very short. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. And yet I think they're excellent CEOs, yes, right? Because yeah. they own huge amount of shares. Yeah, it's a yeah. founder run, founder run businesses. <laughs> and they don't, I hate this expression, but they don't suffer fools gladly. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I think it's a very egotistical statement. I don't like yeah, it, but yeah. you know where I'm, you know where I'm coming from. I do. And, and, and uh, that I that I don't mind, but I have been I have been to AGMs where I actually felt as though that wasn't an unreasonable question, and your impatience and annoyance with that was very apparent, and it was just mm, as a it really rubbed <laughs> me the, the wrong way. Um, so yeah, again, look this this is there is there is as I've often said you, you, when you look at a at a company. You have all these pros and you have all these cons. There's there's nothing that's just full of one or the other. There's there's always something on on both Correct. sides of the ledger, and you, you're just generally looking for something where the pros outweigh the cons. And so there'll be lots of exceptions, you know, with a lot of situations where I'm not a fan of that you as a person, and I wouldn't want to hang out with you. Um, but I'm really glad that you're there. So it's one part of yes. the puzzle. But if we're just looking at that one yes. na- narrow thing, then yes, I do like to see some professionalism, some. Um, yeah. respect yeah. because again you are and i mean this literally you are their mm. boss they work for you mm. it's funny mate i um yeah there, there are some there are some deeply unlikable ceos who actually done really really well as well and yeah it's kind of one of those oh, i wouldn't want to work there and i don't really like the person that they are and i'm talking about like yeah. some really really unlikable personal traits and again i'm not going to even think yeah we don't, don't name that, names right? but yeah <laughs> but it's like genuinely genuinely awful people not awful yeah seemingly awful. if you're if you if you're like that in a public forum what do you like in private it's kind of one of those yep. you know um but the results are astonishing and you can usually invest or invest accordingly based on that if you want to ethically or otherwise but um yeah don't, don't assume there's a direct one-to-one correlation with these things because we know from experience there's not can I hey, give you a bit? No, this is yeah, sort of tangential, but a, a thing that really rubs me the wrong way mm. is uh, board members or executives in those kinds of forum that like to use that platform to have a whinge about <laughs> the government oh, or yes. what the market doesn't get. Yeah, or, yeah that's right. You know, it's, like, it's everyone's fault, but their own. And it, yeah, it's not yeah. that in some situation, I mean, this yeah. is business, right? Like sometimes it really isn't your fault. Mm. But I, I just, it lacks a self-awareness. It lacks mm-hmm. a humility. It lacks a, a something that just, I can't put my finger on, which just basically says, even if, and then sometimes it's completely not true, by the way, but even where there are elements to, of truth mm. to it, I feel as though a good leader mm. will take responsibility and and answer that appropriately. Oh, let just bolted into my brain out of the blue. And I saw this on Reddit, I think, <laughs> during the break. Do you remember when Buffett had to testify in front of Congress yeah. for- Solomon what Brothers. What was it? Solomon Brothers. Yes. 
some of the best corporate video you'll ever watch Google, after you listen to this, don't yep. stop the podcast. <laughs> after you listen to this. We're way too egotistical to say, go and listen to Warren Buffett. We think you should listen to us instead is what Andrew said. Yes, yeah, exactly exactly what we're saying. But YouTube, <laughs> Solomon Brothers, Buffett. Yes. And listen, now he wasn't, he wasn't responsible at all for what yep. happened there, if you know the story. But his answer is a masterclass, mm-hmm. a masterclass in how a true leader responds to a very negative situation. And what did that, he's a, he's a company that, did all kinds of dodgy stuff. And yeah, that's right. out of it, and I think history has been very correct and kind to Buffett in the way that he handled that. I, sadly, too many PR people get involved these days and everything sort of like deny, deflect, whatever the three Ds are. You know, it's all this nonsense that just makes you want to like bash your head against a wall. But it, it actually strengthened, I would argue, the reputation of of certainly Buffett and 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 the wider company in, in how they answered that. And that was that was some very difficult questions put to him. Now this is this is under oath. So these are this is a different format. But That's I right. think I think it highlights exactly mm-hmm. what you would want and expect. An acknowledgement mm-hmm. of of the obvious is the first step. And a recognition of of that and to and steps taken to fix it is 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 the best you can do. Not get up there and it's always it's someone else's fault. What people don't understand is this, and I'm a genius, and why won't people leave me alone? And you know that that is that is just such a turn off for me. And that that yeah. frankly, that kind of stuff is is pretty close to a deal breaker. I actually agree with that, mate. I think that's a really really good point. You want to see candor and responsibility and accountability, and I think that's yep. that's the that's the key. Um, I you know this is this is a real tangent, mate, um, but. I, I think it's unlike us. I know a lot of corporate CEOs should learn a lot from from football coaches. Not every football coach. There's plenty. Uh, I'm not going to name any because again, I want to keep myself out of trouble. Who will who will jump into the, the media box and whinge about the referee or the opposition or something? That happens, yes. Right? Yes, yes. And I'm I'm enormously, unquestionably biased. I'm a Roosters fan because the Roosters are the best team in the league. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but you know, but it's not just so Trent Robinson, the current coach. There's there's other coaches in the league as well who, when something goes wrong, will say, you know what. Uh, I don't know if that was the right decision by the referee, but that's not really the issue. We didn't play well enough to win. We should have done. We should have been better than that. Um, you know, and it's, it's brilliant, that, right? And it's kind of it's a genuine humility, which is yes, stuff happens. Um, was the decision right? I don't know. Uh, maybe not. Maybe maybe I think it's wrong. Um, but mm. we have to play the yeah, lifestyle fair, right? Yeah. And so and, and it's our job to overcome those and win. If we're not good enough, we're not good enough. Mm. And I just think that idea. Frankly, it's one that people should adopt more in life in general, not just in not just in sport or, or politics or, or business. But uh, it's just it's that that's the right answer, right? It's, it's genuinely that's humility and that's honesty and that's taking responsibility and saying the laws will change, the rules will change, mm. competitors will come and go, suppliers will. You know, my my job is to do the best I can with what I've got. If I can honestly hand on heart say I've done the best I can, and the chips fell. You know, Buffett famously speaking of Buffett, incentivized people on controllable outcomes, not not totals. If you're, yeah. if you're running an oil company, the oil price goes up. You don't get, you shouldn't get a bigger bonus because the oil price has gone up. And if it falls, you shouldn't get a worse bonus because the oil price fell. It's like, what did you do mm. to maximize the value of the company in the conditions in which you had the opportunity to make a difference? And if mm. you did, then you deserve your pay. If you didn't, you don't deserve your pay. You know, you and I could run an oil company when the price is $200 a barrel. Uh, yep. We could not turn up for a year and still the company make a squillion dollars, right? We could go yep. there eight and hours a day when, when the oil price was twenty dollars a barrel, and you couldn't you couldn't find a cent to rub together. Uh, so yep. that you know that that's just the reality. So yeah, I think that's it's a really really good question, Nick, a really a really important one. That's hopefully some some context. Another another quick tangent. I'm Please, yes. again. 
There was, I saw something again the other day where something went wrong with a company and the executive in charge was like, well, I, was, I wasn't aware of that. And right. the response was, well, that is a failure of leadership because mm. the moment that your um, underlings stop bringing you problems <laughs> yep. is, is a indictment on your, on your leadership because there are always problems. If you're not hearing about them, it's only because they don't think that you're capable of doing anything about it, in which case you're not, you're not the leader that needs to be there or that you don't care about it, in which case you absolutely don't deserve to be there. <laughs> That's right. So it's, it's, it's sort of like it might not have been your fault in that you weren't aware of that specific thing, but yep. there was more of a cultural issue at play here. Is it why is it that the people that report to you mm. didn't feel as though they could come forward yeah, with right. that problem. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we're safe enough, far enough away to mention one name here, which might be- Is he dead? Uh, no. But okay. Elon, right? Let's just okay. go with Elon. And I feel as though, you know, the some of these people who get elevated to a certain level mm. of status and whatever, they- they end up being surrounded by sycophants. It's, you, the mm. God complex is very, I can really understand <laughs> yeah, how they get that right. because, oh, God, yeah. you know, yeah. we've mentioned it before. If you, yeah. you know, give, I, if I for 10 years surround you with people who say you're a genius, oh, we love you, everything you touch turns to God, you're going to believe that after yeah. a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And there was, um, who was the Roman emperor who paid the slave to, not paid the slave, there's an oxymoron. <laughs> Who who had yeah. the uh, yeah. the slave behind them whispering in their ear saying you know you are mortal you are mortal, you are that, mortal. isn't that great yeah yeah and and just to keep them in check yeah. right because it yeah. it and you you I think you need that with mm. um with, with all leaders is that you you want you want people there that will challenge you because mm. the moment that stops the it, it's you can set the clock on on when things are, are, are more likely to go wrong. Mm. Uh, here is the uh, the name Origa, A-U-R-I-G-A. Apparently it was a name given to the slave who held a laurel crown during the Roman triumphs over the head of the ducks, standing at his back by continuously whispering in his ears, Memento Mori. Remember, you are more mortal. Oh, I think it's very, it. very good. Love it. Uh, God love Wikipedia. Uh, mate, the, the next last question is an important one. Uh, one I feel duty bound to ask, despite my preference not to, given my stated uh, views in 2024. But Nick says... <laughs> I can only quote him word for word. What is straw man? Let's make it unskippable this week. Oh, we're a private online investment club and you know full well, sir. <laughs> uh, Nick, Nick asked the question, not me. Yeah. I, no, I say that to Nick. We should I assume Nick, uh, Nick, Nick may be just curious is all, I, is all I'm thinking. Uh-huh. Mate, uh, Paul says, Dear Scott and Ram, big fan of the pod. Grateful for the honesty and insights. Irrespective of the topic, you guys, you guys do it better than anyone else out there. That's going on the uh, on on the the blurb. Uh, so keep <laughs> up the great work, gents. Thanks, Paul. Housing. Oh no, housing is a frustrating topic, says Paul. As both of you have articulated a gazillion times, really <laughs> yep. more than once. Politicians are not incentivized to help first home ownership, and that's just the reality we live in. I often think it's intentional for policymakers to confuse the voting public. My rant aside, I'm interested to know your thoughts on the solutions that voters should focus on. Among many things on the fiscal side that could be done, isn't abolishing negative gearing uh, the first thing we should do, given this is nothing more than augmenting the risk and return profile or P&L of the investment? Put natural downside risk back into the market says Paul, mm. would surely rebalance the investment thesis for existing investors today and the next investor who would otherwise be bidding up the market. The investors don't need any help and support. The next first home buyer does. 
I'm sure if someone ran the data analytics, it would support the benefits to welfare of the country for current and future generations. So why are we voters not talking about this a lot more? Owner-occupiers, mortgagees and renters all win. Or do you think there are other fiscal policy changes that are more impactful? Thanks and full on. Now, that's from Paul. Uh, Ram, I will mention you and I. We have, have to be careful, right? We, last week, all, we had one say. question yes. and it's all we spent half an hour about. talking about it. Um, yep. So let's, let's give the three minutes. Did you say question. half an hour? Yeah, it was close to that. Let's, no, I think it was more than that. No, that was the first question. Uh, <laughs> I remember looking at the thing, it was 29 minutes. Like, ooh, okay. Let, let's, try, let's try and keep it a couple of minutes, mate. Um, is, there a, is there a laundry list? If, if you were put in charge of housing policy tomorrow and in the context of the broader economic health, right? Because we can do things to the, to the housing market that, you know, in isolation, fix the housing market and destroy things elsewhere. I know you know that, but mm. just to be really, really clear. Mm. Mm. If we had to put a, 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 not well today, a responsible housing policy in place that was economically and societally uh, responsible, what would you do to the housing market, mate, if anything? Oh, it's, it's so hard to, I mean, it's, it's an impossible question to do quickly. I, so, uh, you know. Is there, um, a, is there a bullet point shopping list in your head not, or no? There's, there's, not a, there's not a silver bullet. Mm-hmm. I, I, I said last week that I, I think negative gearing and tax concessions play a part, but I do think that they, they are, I, if we scrapped all of that, I don't think it would just solve everything. Yeah. Um, I do think that, we have lost our way here where we're sort of capitalists on the way up, socialists <laughs> on the way down mm-hmm. with, with housing. You know, it, it, it seems to have been seen, particularly in this country, but elsewhere as well, which is a God-given human right that thou shall be entitled to 18 investment properties. Mm. And if anything goes wrong, then the government's job is to bail you out. I, I don't, that's probably what infuriates me more than anything else. Yep. And I've given the extreme example of like, you know, the crypto bro investor, like, punting on magic internet money and then <laughs> losing it and and then expecting others to bail him out it's ridiculous um and they shouldn't be but mm. but but that is that is the case with any investment without mm. again charlie mungo right you know capitalism without loss is like you know christianity without hell you must have it there there is risk and we might like to think that there is no risk in investing in housing but there is had a little discussion on strawman earlier in the week with um Perth is is roaring again. Yes, right. Rents going up astonishingly quickly. Uh, on fire. Apparently. It's on yeah. fire. Yeah. Interestingly enough, a lot of people from the east coast moving over there because yeah. it's it's a lovely place to live and mm-hmm. it's far more affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, but what people forget was that the pop- property market there peaked in 2014, according yeah. to the ABS, and this is a median and you know average. Yeah. Uh, and it took seven years. It dropped 15 percent top to bottom. And it, was, it wasn't until 21, 22 that the price, this was a, a consequence of the mining boom, mm. uh, that particular, we've had a number in this country, but what particular mining boom? It was, yeah. Sort of 2012, 2013, up to that sort of period, uh, a lot of people put money into houses and it went down. Now, you know, it, was it a crash? Was it a disaster? No, but a lot of people got pretty badly hurt. And that's a good thing. And I, and I, I really- Economically, not for those people. Not for those people, but I, I, <laughs> so I, we don't I, just come across as heartless. So I, I'm not heartless at all. I know, but that that is investing. It, there is, if you want risk free, there are risk free ass, quite, you know, supposed risk free assets that are out there. Property is not one of them. So, Ram, I love you like and a brother. Without this turning into a rant, I want sorry, to keep back sorry, that's all right. No, sorry. no, no, I, I, I respect that, and I don't want to st- cut you short at all. No, you're right. Um, too, you I, but I do want to just kind of keep back to the things that maybe would be changed. So, some downside risk back in the into the story. 
Yes. Um, is there anything else that comes to mind in terms of fixing uh, I, uh, all of the all of the solutions are <laughs> are, are painful and mm -hmm. will take a long time to enact. And would you do you them? made the point last. Yeah, absolutely, I would. Okay. Uh, I, I would get rid of the safety. I would get, I would get rid of any implicit uh, guarantee that we're going to look after you no matter what. Yep. You know, I think I, I, I would I would absolutely do that. But I would I would fundamentally it's demand versus supply. Demand will always be high because it, people yep. rightly like houses. Yep. <laughs> it's a big part of, <laughs> of, of, of popular. You know, where yep. you live yep. is, a, is a huge part of things. Yep. Um, and as Australia is a fantastic country to live in, politically stable, beautiful environment. Everything's great here. Yep. You know, we take it for granted. So we have to impact the supply side, and that's not easily done. And what we're doing at the moment is tinkering around the edges. So I would do everything I can yep. to enable that to be radically changed. The important um, Caveat there is I'm not talking about building a bunch of really shoddily built two bedroom Opal Tower <laughs> types units right. here, yeah. but but you know decent quality uh, yeah. housing stock, and we need to wrap we need to significantly significantly increase that. Yeah, I um, so I'm going to really quickly run through a little bit of what I said last week. I think we need to do two things. One is definancialize housing. The yes. other is redress the imbalance between supply and demand. That's how you change these things. The financialization makes prices higher than they otherwise would be at any given level of supply and demand. Yep. Um, because you're simply you're pushing prices up by effectively providing government funding to do so. Um, so you definancialize it. I would stop negative gearing. I would grandfather it for those who have it, um, largely because I think not with any your thing about you need hell. I don't. I don't think. I think. Because we've financialized housing, but not really turned investors, housing investors into financial experts, uh, we've led them down a path. We've been, frankly, the society, the government mm -hmm. specifically. And if I think about the the nurse and fiery who bought an investment property because the accountant said it was a good idea, you know, should it be risk free? No. Do those people deserve to have the rug pulled out under them? You know, because of the implicit guarantees that were effectively provided, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of maybe I'm just soft, but I don't think I don't think it's right to. No, to I, I can agree people. with I can agree with that. We don't want to move the goalposts. Yeah, so so I would I would grandfather it for those who have it. And by the way, negative gearing plays itself out because as rents rise, um, debt doesn't. So eventually they become positively geared. So you kind of you stop it now and in ten years time it's probably gone. Um, I would remove capital gains tax discounts and replace it with indexation for all assets. I think the discounting was stupid policy and it should be changed. Take those two away. You take out the uh, implicit and very attractive tax reasons to invest in property. So you stop that. Uh, by the way, quick tangent, those who say, yeah, but all, all those rentals have nowhere to rent. So well, what, what, are we going to blow up the houses or are we, like, they're still there, right? I will the call that bluff. It's a, funny, it's a funny, you know, people, I actually think people believe it and it's okay. Because again, and this is the other thing, mate, is when people say that, what they're really saying is, I haven't thought through this issue, but I'm a property investor because I think it's a good idea. Mm. And that, that's that's not a criticism. It's, it's illustrative of, I think, the fact we financialized it and invited everyone to be a property investor without really understanding the market. That, that That's kind of the root of the problem. Um, on supply and demand, I've said before, uh, I think we need to think about supply, but in a responsible way from a social infrastructure and economic perspective and from an environmental perspective. So I'm not one of those people who says go and just build a truckload of stuff, even the good stuff. I'm also not someone who says, let's build more high rise stuff that people don't want to live in, but have no choice because prices are so high, uh, which mm. is effectively kind of what that Yimby, yes, in my backyard um, kind of group are about. And yes, there'll be people yelling at me right now and no, I do not care. Um, and I would, I would significantly slow the rate of population to at the very highest, no greater than our ability to supply additional dwellings. In other words, I think if you pro effectively, not everything should be about housing, but a lot is about housing because it's so fundamental. 
Um, if you have if you had the rate of population growth, including immigration and natural births, set at the rate of supply growth minus 0.1%, that'd be the perfect solution. That that would be the, the smartest approach. And then you'd have the conversation about if we want more people, let's build more houses. If we want to build more houses, we can have more people. Great. Those two, those two things work out beautifully. As long as, as I said, there are genuine, in my view, I'm a, I'm a tree hugger at heart. Um, there's genuine environmental concerns I have about sprawl and other things, right? So I, I, I'm not I'm not sure how big Australia can be without having meaningful environmental, long-lasting environmental impacts. Uh, but I'm open to it. If, that, if, if, if some experts can sit down and say, you know what, we've done the work. We can put another 25 million people here without meaningful economic uh, and environmental issues. Great. I have no issue with that whatsoever. Let's do it tomorrow. Um, but that, that's, how I, that's how I'd make the decision. So I, it's cultural, right? And it's cultural because we love housing. We love housing because they always go up. We've got we to gotta break some of that stuff. Best way to do it is simply say, right, if you get a 2% supply, population will grow at 1.9% next year. That, that's the cap. Mm-hmm. At 3% mm-hmm. supply, great. Let's go to 2.9%. Again, with the, mm-hmm. with the caveats I've just given. I think that's yep. how you do it. I don't, I don't think there are any other ways to do it. This is the other thing, by the way. We blame governments, and they are responsible for population. So this was truer three years ago than it is today when population growth was much lower. Um, why, why, were prices, why did prices rise over the last 30 years? It's kind of a little bit about policy. It's largely about culture and, and expectation. And, and, you know, that's just the reality that we, we find ourselves in. But it is about population now in particular. And we can also change some policies to just take a bit of steam out of the market. I think it was just an eminently sensible approach. A saying that I really love uh, is the best cure for high prices is high prices. <laughs> yeah. And because it, it, it gets at a very core truth of economics you know, uh, and supply and demand is, is that when, when prices go up, it incentivizes the creation yeah. Yeah. of more supply, which, yep. which corrects things. I mean, exhibit A, the price of lithium over the last 12 months, right? right? Yeah. Rocket high, it's just stratospheric prices. Mm-hmm. What did that do? Encourage a whole bunch of people to come in and yeah. produce more and that it corrected itself. We've just stopped that apparatus yep. from True. working properly. So that's, 100%. you know, we've got to, we've got to let, the free market do what the free market does and that with, provides yeah. huge opportunities yeah. for those you know for some but it also it comes with risk and and that it is important as heartless as that can sound with with a with an important caveat for mind that the free market is the free market or the market is the market but we also need to recognize as you know as you said before the shelter yep. is not a financial product and so there is we, we should absolutely have protections and caveats and bu- bumpers around yes. Yes. people's impact of you know being impacted by the free market when it does its thing because it can be it can have very very sharp elbows and we just yep. you know i think socially we have a responsibility to, to fix that yep. hey um one from andy hi again gentlemen this is my third time writing in so firstly thank you for answering my previous questions i gained a lot from your inputs I knew there was one, Andrew. I knew there was one person we were helping out there. Uh, oh, dear. This one's a little personal, however. I'm looking to progress into a new phase of my working life after completing my apprenticeship in cabinet making. And since I started investing in August 2021, I've been head over heels in love with all things finance. And this podcast has made a huge impact on my understanding of the topic. So thank you. I find myself looking at the markets every day. I know this can be a terrible habit and bad for my emotional health, as seeing my portfolio in the red for months on end really sucks. But, mm-hmm. he says, lately I find myself less involved with my portfolio on a daily basis and more just focused on market movers, e.g. company trading updates, mergers and acquisitions and the like. I tend to only look at my holdings when they report updates or results are released. That's probably at least the right way to do it. So my question for you both is, what jobs can I get into in the financial industry, but also sleep soundly at night? 
I want to help others with their finances, but I don't want to work for a company that charges absurd fees and takes away meaningful chunks of returns from unsuspecting clients. What kind of jobs do you suggest? Maybe I could should start some sort of cult like Andrew Rampage did. <laughs> I, just for the life of me, can't remember what that straw man thing is. Oh, there we go. And he says, insert Andrew sigh, which you've already done for me, so thank you. <sighs> Anyways, lol, he says, what courses do you both suggest and what are your thoughts on TAFE courses or is looking at getting a uni degree a better option? I mentioned it was after personal advice at the top of the question, but feel free to add a disclaimer such as, this advice is not tailored to your personal life goals and just general in nature. Another LOL. Many thanks in advance and wishing you both a wonderful Christmas. This is a pre-Christmas question and all the best for the new year. Andy, what do you reckon, mate? This is going to probably be a little bit of a surprise, but I'd say don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Tell me it'll, why. It'll take the joy. It'll suck the joy. The joy that you have now as an investor will be sucked out of you when you come work for this lecherous, amoral... <laughs> I mean, I give real Andrew's estate agents. Really quiet. Yeah. I give real estate agents heaps, right? But you know, people in glass houses. Pick, pick the bloke. Pick the who doesn't have to work for a job anymore. He can work for himself. Pick, pick the guy who's just completely gone. You know what? All bets uh, are off, baby. It, it. You know, when you speak to uh, a chef, they don't go home and and cook, uh, you know, <laughs> lobster mornay. Yeah, yeah. They have a toasted cheese sandwich or a bowl of wheat bix. Yeah. Because they're doing it all day, and it just it, it, there. You, if you want to destroy something you love. Um, do it all, all the time, even mm. when you don't want to. The, the wonderful thing about being a private investor is that you get to do it your way. The, <laughs> yeah, the incentives right. in this industry yeah. are very powerful, very powerful. And there's a reason why things are the way they are. Mm-hmm. The why, the why they, you know, everyone feels like they must have a view on something, and why there is always a tendency to act and to this and rebalance mm-hmm. and to rotate and to blah 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 is because it just feels too overly complacent to to not do it. And what do you think about this stock? I don't really care or think it. Well, you need you. You don't have a view on that. That's outrageous. Oh, I guess I guess I got to look into that now too. And it, it killed me when I was in the industry proper. And I, I was just I hate it, it. Sucked all the joy out of it. And and so don't do it. Don't. I, I, my 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 personal opinion. I mean the big the big part of the incentive of starting my business was I wanted to get away from that stuff. You know, I, mm. I wanted to. I'm sick of telling people what I think they should do. What do I know? I don't know about any. And it's just and then, like it's a legal minefield and a regulatory nightmare. And just, mm. I, but I, but I, I do want to have conversations with people. I'm happy yeah. to sort of say, oh, I've got an opinion on this. Hey, what do you think? And just, I just wanted to have a little. It's, it's like when you're like 16 and you want you want your like <laughs> clubhouse, you know, where your mates can come around. You know, that, <laughs> yeah. That's all I want. Yes. I mean, it's 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 you know, I know I know we like to make fun, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's 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 woefully uninspiring from a financial <laughs> perspective. It pays. It's got to pays the bills and helps me cover the rent. But it's not. There's not anything you would do for like from a like from a financial perspective. And and I've made comment before that it's. I'm really cool with that actually because it means that I get to invest in the way that I love. If there's something that's been released today, if mm, company X has come out with a big announcement, I don't have to write anything on it if I don't want to. I don't yeah. particularly have a view, you know. Or I might just like like I did over Christmas, largely just die, turn off and and and. I find that it keeps the joy alive. <laughs> um, and then you, the other part of the question is, well, what courses and that? And I would say, and this is not to undermine some of the courses and stuff that are out there, but a lot of it, a very significant part of it is 
BS. And you can, the, the amount of free information that is out there, not necessarily in sort of like mm. educational form, whether it be through some of these free online university courses and, mm. and the rest of it. But even like, just if you were to take 500 bucks and go buy a range of books, if you, if you search yeah. recommended reading list Motley Fool, I know you guys have got an excellent list there, um, and just buy those books and read it, mm. I would, I'd be pretty confident to say that if you're in, sometimes you might need to read them a couple of times and take some notes, but you know, I think you will learn more from that yeah. than you will from, you know, uh, a lot of courses that are, that are out there. Um, so anyway, that's, that's, that's. No, I like that, Matt. I think it's good. You know, and, 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 and keep doing, you, you got into cabinetry because, you know, you liked it, you're good at it, whatever. Mm. Focus on that. Focus on, on generating as much income as you can for that because that's the fodder for your investing. And as we've often said, that's the, really the bigger lever to pull in terms of your ultimate wealth creation is the income generated and invested more so than the return at a point. I mean, obviously at the extremes, things change, but that's, that's my advice. Good advice. Um, you made a point about YouTube, and I still haven't checked it out because I probably it's just not my thing in terms of needing to go back and relearn the fundamentals and the basics. But I probably should for our listeners. Uh, that was good stuff there. A lot of rubbish. At some point. Um, a lot of rubbish. Let me yeah, hear you I would, but some I would good just stuff. I would just say do a, do something structured uh, that that covers the basics in some sort of useful, coordinated way, and just be don't be distracted by the rubbish as you say, Ram. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of cranks and and kind of. Just, just some, something. I'll say reputable. I don't. I don't mean to exclude disruptors on your entrance in that sense. I just mean make sure you're not falling into someone who sounds good and might have a view, and all of a sudden you you find yourself down the rabbit hole and you've been dragged mm. down some other weird. You know, you start with accounting 101 and you end up I don't know, um, social uh, sovereign citizen or something. Uh, so just <laughs> just be a little bit little bit careful who you choose to listen to. But yes, I would. I would absolutely. I said the other day. I would absolutely do something. St- Structured. I don't mean formal. I mean structured to make sure you are getting taught the basics in some way, shape, or form. Mm. Accounting 101 and 201 or 102, whatever you want to go with. Are, are the, are the, I really think the must-dos. I was thinking about it again over the weekend, um, and it really was that stuff that, that opened my eyes to a whole lot of things and, and make me kind of able to, I think, absorb some of the other things that we learn. So do something. It doesn't need to be a structured course, as Ram says. If you can find something good enough on YouTube or elsewhere, Coursera, those, those big online courses are also available. Uh, generally, you can do them for free, and they're, they're structured. I didn't mention that the other day. I thought about that over the weekend, too. I don't know if Coursera still exists. It was big for, for a while. There's free online mm-hmm. courses you can do um, that are structured and run by reputable agencies and organizations. Give that a go if that, that's your thing. Um, again, I'm not saying you shouldn't do YouTube. I just, I just can't recommend it because I haven't, haven't looked, but Ram has and is a big fan, so take that as, as a positive. Mm. I, I agree with you, mate. I, it's hard when people sit and listen to us having fun and doing this for a quid, uh, either employed as I am or, or a business owner as you are, and say, hang on, how could I not want... The, the, these guys are living the dream and telling me not to bother. Um, we, are, we are dramatically the exception. Um, uh, a couple of examples. Uh, I I tweet when I want to. I don't when I don't. I've never ever ever cleared anything through legal or my manager, and nor have I ever been taken a task for it. Um, compare that to some of our peers in other organisations who say, "Oh no, I can't talk about that company," or "I shouldn't do that because that person might be annoyed." There is, you know, a little bit like some journos and some media organisations. You don't have to be told by the boss to know that you really shouldn't do some things because it would upset the company. Um, I'm very very fortunate, extraordinarily fortunate. Um, I don't know too many others in, in my position. Uh, it's an organizationally. People at Motley Fool, it, it, as a group, can do, say whatever they want as long as they kind of keep to make it legal and, and stick with the company ethos, not a company view, but a company ethos. Um, yeah. uh, if you're Definitely the exception to the rule. Yeah. yeah, and so you kind of think, you know, what do you, what do you want to do? And um, 
if you want to help people, I think that's great. I think there's a lot of ways you can. Um, you're not going to make a lot of money doing the help, the really helpful stuff, because <laughs> because the as, as in helping a lot of people, the money the money's in helping really rich people get really richer, and that's cool. That's fine. Fund managers who you know manage to strike it rich and get their million dollar bonuses is is pretty bloody attractive if you like money. Um, I, I am really I'm absolutely sure I could earn more money not at the Motley Fool but somewhere else. Should I want to? I don't. Uh, not because I don't like money, not because I have a trust fund, but because I like my work-life balance and I like the freedom I have to do my job. Um, I could get paid very decently more elsewhere. Um, it's... Love the hobby, as Ram says, I think. Um, if you genuinely want to help people, you can do some financial planning, financial counselling stuff if you really, really want to. Um, but work it out what is you really love. Um, also, too, and this is going to sound a little bit condescending, make sure you're good at it. And I don't mean that in any condescending way, but being excited about loving the markets is different from being good at picking stocks or good at giving people financial advice. And that's that's you know important. One thing I would say, actually, the, the, the gap I would draw is if you really, really want to, and be very careful about the law, but if you wanted to write your own personal blog documenting your journey, that's one oh. thing you could do to give yourself some... some strong, strong agree. Yeah, mm. just it gives you some exposure if you want it. It puts some things on paper. We talked about that on Friday and Ram gave a horrible shameless plug to straw. No, I did actually. Um, but uh, yeah, but, but you know, if, that's, if, that's, if that gets that urge out, do it. And if people follow you, then great. Jump on social yeah. media. If people follow you, great. Don't give advice. You're not allowed to. You, are you don't want to. You yeah, don't that's it. That's, that's want too. to. It is a thankless <laughs> task. You get no credit when you're right. Yeah. You get all the blame when you're wrong. Don't do yeah, it. Even right. if you're eventually right, you'll get it. Don't trace. Trust me. You don't want to give advice. <laughs> uh, so there's that. Uh, yeah, that's that's how I'd probably address it. I think. Again, I don't discourage you. If you really, really want to, then go and do it. If you're going to love it, but if you're going to love it, if you work for it as an analyst in a in a big fund. You're going to be given 15 companies to write long reports on each one of them and update them every three months. Mm. If that's your thing, go for it. Love it. Are the people listening now who are doing that and loving it, that's awesome. Mm. Um, if you want to be a stockbroker and talk to clients, that's cool. But again, understand the, the incentives there. Um, by the way, most most uh, what they call sell-side analysts, if you're giving selling advice, uh, everything's a buy, nothing's a sell because you want to buy lots of stuff. So there's that. Uh, if you work for funds, a bit different. So there's, there's chances there. I don't know. I really, really, really don't know, uh, Andy, what I would what I would say other than find something you love doing. Uh, if you don't like making moments, change your, change your career. Just know that the fun of being self-directed, as Ram said, is not necessarily available to you in 95% of jobs in our industry. It just isn't. And Ram and I are the exceptions that prove the rule. Um, so the last thing I want to do is say to people, hey, come and do what we're doing. It's a bit like Wall Street, right? We're supposed to be a cautionary tale as a movie and it spawned a generation of people who want to get rich. Um, it, we were kind of the reverse, right? We don't, we don't want to you know, show it all beer and Skittles and then uh, have, to try and, have to try and deal with it. I don't know if that helps. But yeah, the cult, uh, the cult yeah. might be the option. I won't speak for you, mate, but I'll, I'll, I'll m- moment of honesty here too. I, 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 I suffer burnout from time to time as yeah. well. You know, I don't want to pretend That's that, actually that, true, it's all, yeah. that I, you know, I, I do love what I do, but you know, mm-hmm. there are, there are times where it's just like, I would love to just step away for six months, you know, and, and I, I, I can't, and it's like, this is the smallest problem in the world, but it just, there is, there is something, mm-hmm. some freedom that mm-hmm. comes with just being able to invest on your terms where you are beholden to no one else and answerable only to yourself. I think that is, that is the, that is the dream. And, and you look at most people in the industry and they age horribly. <laughs> Cause That's it's the stress. The stress is. It really is. Right. And, yeah. and you, and you, you know, the higher you want to climb out the greasy pole, the more you compromise you have to make with family and friends. Absolutely. And leisure time and yep. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. Question from Brent, um, who sent a good good evening. So this is an evening, obviously. Good evening, Scott and Ram. Brent, you should know it, it's eight o'clock on Sunday morning. Ram's already been out and done two marathons. It's, it's definitely morning. <laughs> uh, oh no, come on, Brent. He says I actually have two questions for Andrew this time around. Uh-huh. The first is not a clammy what is straw man, but an actual <laughs> inquiry. Oh dear, Andrew. Oh, this is this is interesting. Andrew, what aspects of the straw man website are you most proud of and would like to highlight to you? Is Brent is Brent one of your straw man members? <laughs> <laughs> He's got to be, be right. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll ask the. I, I'm good to my members, so I'll listen. So I'll ask the question as as asked. What aspects of the Strawman website are you most proud of, and what would you like to highlight to users? I'm not. I'm not in a financial position to join yet, but after looking around the site, I think this is something I'd consider down the track. When I join, I'd like to get the most out of my membership. So I'm keen to see what aspects of the site you love the most. He does say, and I'll get, let you answer it. FYI, during episodes, I actually want you both to tell me more about the services you provide through both Strawman and Motley Fool. You're both very modest and downplay any promotions during a program. But personally, I'd like to hear about any relevant products you do provide that relate to your commentary at the time or just products in general you love and want to promote. Thank, that's very kind, Brent. Thank you. We'll, we'll take mm. that We'll <laughs> take that on advice. But if we feel like we help, we probably should. Um, but yeah, we try not to, to overly sell because that's not what this is about. Um, anyway, Matt, what, what are you most proud of from the Strawman website, Matt? Strawman business. I, I, before I answer that, I, I would I would say that I, I mean it's it's a probably a personal thing, but I feel mm. as though the best marketing you can do is just to be as genuine as you can because you the, the you attract the the people you deserve. You know, it's, it's I think as again, if it was purely an economic exercise, there's all kinds of things you could do to maximize returns and the rest of it. But mm. I don't know if I could look myself <laughs> in, <laughs> in, in in the mirror too much. But it, it's also it, it it yeah, you don't. I think if ever you're in a situation where the way that you get customers is mm. to, for want of a better term, trick them into buying it, then you're not. Yeah, right. It's not. You know, I, I feel as though people should want to. Um, avail themselves of your product slash services because mm. they're sort of on mission with you and there's aligned there's an alignment there of sorts i think i think that's important so that's uh, you know i'd like to pretend that it's a purely altruistic reasons that i that we we don't have a the marketing message but it's frankly mm. it's just i just feel as though the better way to do it is just to <laughs> just to do it this way right yeah um you know when i first started doing this and you're trying to design a website platform or whatever you want to call it, you you start to think it's all about the bells and whistles and you can yeah. do this and you can do that. And as as it's gone on, it's coming up to gosh, seven years or something. Wow. That's yeah, right. Well yeah. since well, since a very early alpha version, right? So we were twenty one when we started we started that. It could have well been. Um and actually, these days, I actually said it to the members at the start mm. of the year. It's just like I'm just not interested in adding anything unless it 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 plays to our strengths yeah, right. and if we're just going to be adding something to keep up with the joneses because platform x has this tool that you can do this and this one has that just like it's <laughs> it's a race to the bottom and yeah. it's it's i on it and this is going to sound a bit airy fairy but the the thing i am most proud of is the community itself is the mm. people so if we we could have exactly the same quote unquote assets and resources mm. but if instead of like sort of 500 self-directed uh, investors, you retail know, we had investors. a bunch yeah. of retail investors. <laughs> we had a bunch of, you know, tire kicking speculators. It'd yeah. be an entirely different thing. So it, it sounds like a cop out, but the people, it's, it's, it's the people. And I would, I would far, if, if, 
if something happened with the website that we lost all of our features, but somehow we sort of had some online forum where we could sort of communicate and share, I think I think you'd maintain the soul of it. And that's the thing that I'm most proud of. No one believes me when I say this, or my friends don't, but honestly, I think I think I have probably had to delete two or three posts in the entire history of the platform. Yeah, nice. Like, you know, there's usually there's, you, there's you know, some idiot jumps on and says something, it just doesn't happen, right? Mm. Uh, so I'm super proud of that. And I guess the other thing, if forced on it, I, I like the idea of everyone is exposed to a degree <laughs> because what we're asking you to do is to create a sample portfolio. Yeah. And what it does is a very strong signaling mechanism. It's sort of, you know, whenever investors get together, at the end of the day, it's like, what do you like? What don't you like? What are you holding? How much are you holding it? How is it all structured? That, you know, that, that, that tell me what you're doing. That's more important really than what, what you think. And, and I like that part of it. I think that's what we do uniquely in, in the, these sample portfolios aren't just a, a bit of a gamification or any like tech mm. buzzword you want to add in there to sort of add it as it, it highlighted as a feature, but more just that ability that I can very quickly see across the membership. Mm-hmm. When I look, I see a member talking and I make a pose, I can look at their portfolio. What are they holding? What are they, how much are they holding it? You know, you, you learn instantly so much about a person, how diversified they are, how concentrated they are, whether they like this particular sector or that one. I pay, we measure all kinds of timeframes, but I don't think me or any of the members take the short to term timeframes too seriously. They're there because mm-hmm. they're yeah. a bit of fun. But, you know, if you, you're the top of the leaderboard on the three months um, uh, scorecard, <laughs> it's like, yeah, good luck to you. Yeah. You probably yeah. won't be there in another three months. But, but it, is, it is a very powerful signal, I think, for those that have been there for many, many, many years. Whereas like anyone can do well in a short time frame with luck, but if you've outperformed the market pretty consistently over a five-year period, you're someone I'm pretty pretty interested to hear from. Um, yeah. So I like I like that aspect of it. I love that, mate. I think um, I think that's actually the biggest credit to you is the way you've cultivated your, your membership. Um, you give credit to the members, and, and you you probably should uh, at least so they like you more. I'm not just uh, being nice. It's no, I know. True. No, but yeah. but I, but I'm also I'm giving you your rap as much as the members, which is to say you've had a very specific aim in in building the business you've done it very you didn't you never one of those people you could have gone a very very different way um and had a an internet forum uh, akin to others that may exist out there which i won't mention uh <laughs> and, and, and you know it's a very very different experience and maybe you would have made more money maybe you would have made less money but either way you've made a very deliberate decision uh and i think you've you've been you've been rewarded uh, for that. I, I i don't say this to uh well we we did have some venture capital funding at one point and uh, there was a lot of pressure to sort of grow this thing. And you, you realize pretty quickly that to yeah. to get to very large scale, you need to start. It's what I talked before in, mm. in regard to Brent, right? Like the incentives at play in this industry is like, well, I reckon we could, I reckon we could have tens of thousands of members and be making oh, yeah. a huge amount of money. Yep. But we would be promising things that I didn't genuinely believe in. Yeah, and I right. think we'd probably be end up damaging a lot of people. So I, I just- most people don't get it. That's cool. We've only got five. We less be less than five hundred members, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. We might not ever get bigger than that. That's cool. Like quality over quantity, I think is 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 the key thing. Yep, I like it. Uh, now, Andrew, can I keep you on a short leash for this next question? Well, you got to tell me about it. You got to. You know, I've had to give the pitch. What about you? Um, oh, the Well, I think people know. I, so here, well, I, <laughs> we've got. Motley is an interesting business. 
Uh, it's an we, interesting name. It's an interesting name. We, uh, <laughs> we yes. Uh, is it Straw Man? <laughs> yeah, I well, know, I know. Glass, glass houses, right? We're both in yep. the same glass house together, holding the stones under something just in case someone wants to throw one. Um, so, yeah, Motley Fool comes from Shakespeare. I won't bore people with that, but yes, that's where it comes from. Yeah. Um, it's, a really, it's a really good story. But yes, go. We, Straw Man and Motley Fool are really fascinating ways to deal with the same fundamental investing belief in very, very different ways. Um, we have, there's a couple of frenemies in our industry. Uh, and I say that with a tongue in cheek in the sense that Strawman probably takes members from the Motley Field, Motley Field probably takes members from Strawman. A lot of people have both because um, it works for them and that's probably a pretty sweet spot for everybody. Either way, uh, as per the answer to Andy's question earlier, there's so many bad guys in the industry, you know, there's more than enough room for the good guys to all win without trying to fight each other, right? Look, looking, yep. looking outside rather than inside is, is smart. Um, and so that's, that, that's, that's worthwhile and that's important to say. Um, I don't, I don't know. So look, the Motley Field provides individual recommendations or, or model portfolios for our members. Our idea is to help people understand a little bit better about the companies they're buying. Uh, Andrew's business is very much a membership sharing. Ours is hopefully some experts with some idea uh, trying to help you be better investors and both are great, both work nicely. Um, Andrew's uh, Strawman's much more, much more new, new world Wikipedia style. You know, combinations of 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 people who know a bit and are kind of joining together and doing it. Ours is probably a bit of more old school, top down. You know, we get some people we think are pretty good at doing what we're doing, and so we try and do it and help people in, in doing it. The, the 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 similarities though are very clear, right? We we want people to help. We want people to take control of their own financial futures in, in whatever way works best for them. Um, we have everything from ETF investor, which is don't pick stocks by ETFs. Here's some we recommend. We're just kind of picking stocks at one level, but not very much. Right through to, um, you know, very, very, very different types of services. People who desperately love, uh, we've got one, one thing called Gold Pass, which is, which is three of our services wrapped together. We get, it's like 50 stock recommendations a year. And it's, yeah, from three different services. Like, here's what, here's what three of our teams think. You know, if you, have a look and see what you think. And people who want to absolutely say, I want to pick stocks. I want lots of information. Give me some curated things to think about. That's that. And there's so much in between. I said model portfolios and stuff. So that's what we do. Um, I've said many times, mate, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think as far as the team's concerned, 90% of our people come, members come for the stock recommendations, but I hope at least half of the value we give them is education and, and, and support and a bit of kind of, you know, handholding and, and walking beside when things get tough and you want to have, uh, you know, someone you kind of hopefully know and trust to say, hey, I know things suck right now, but we've been here. We know what's going on. Um, stick with it. I think that's a great, great. I'm going to go West Wing, mate. Great West Wing story. Uh, if you're a West Wing fanatic, you'll you'll know the uh, Leo McGarry, Josh Wyman, uh, Josh Lyman, sorry, scene uh, where Leo, who's the the old cranky ex-alcoholic who's been through his things, and and Josh, the young bloke's having troubles, and he tells a story of of a friend who who is stuck down a guy stuck down a hole, and the friend, a couple of friends walk past, and the third person walks past, jumps into the hole, and. The, the man could get out of the hole sorry so the, the my friend jumps in he says what are you doing yeah now, now we're both in the hole and the guy says yeah but i've been here before i know how to get out <laughs> that's kind of you know it's kind of it's a really nice story look up the scene other look up the warren buffett solomon stuff then look up um leo mcgarry man in a hole i'm sure find it'll find it um and the idea basically is you know investing is is one part knowing what to do it's one part maybe more than one part be able to do it in the range of circumstances Mm. And that's where hopefully it helps to have some people help you. So that, that's that's what I try and do for our for our members, what our, our team tries to do. So there you go. All right, let's move on. Um, can I keep you on that short leash though? Was my, can, I, can I get that commitment around? Mm, we'll try. We'll try. This, is a, this is a Bitcoin question. 
Uh, okay. And we don't have all day. No. Okay. Um, so, uh, we, we did a bigger bit on Bitcoin. Was it last week? It might have been last week we did. We so, did. The ETF awesome. launch and stuff. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, this is actually related to that, mate. And Brent's asking, he's considering buying into Bitcoin. He said, based on the fact there's no old Reddit. Um, considering BlackRock and many others are taking Bitcoin much more seriously now, I think it's time to buy in. But I don't know where to start, says Brent. So this is a this is a, a mechanics question, mate. I recall you briefly mentioning on air how to buy Bitcoin on a recent po- podcast episode, but I can't find it when I go back through the episodes. Andrew, may I please trouble you to advise how to buy Bitcoin and hold it securely? What risks are involved in buying and holding Bitcoin or crypto in general? And lastly, how do we sell it when we decide the time is right? Mm-hmm. So can you kind of give a rundown, mate, of different ways people can get exposed to Bitcoin, maybe the benefits and and risks in each? Yeah. It's so, oh, gosh, it's so hard. I know. Sorry. You know, the, the, the thing is everyone understandably wants a nice pithy answer, but it's, it's hard to do because it's such a weird new thing. Try explaining the internet to someone from 1923. You know, it's, it's hard. So I'll do my best. Um, you can either earn it or you can buy it. Right. And let's be realistic at this point, buying it's the more practical solution. Yeah. So you want to go to an exchange. Mm -hmm. I would very strongly encourage you to go to an Australian based one uh, rather than something that is offshore. Can I stop you quickly, mate? Just Mm. because I'm sorry to do this right at the beginning. Obviously, you can buy it directly from an exchange, but you can use an ETF. Yeah. Would you mind? Would you mind just? Would you mind to, to some extent just kind of outlining both those before you then get into how to buy if you're going to buy directly? I mean, one of, the, one of the things that's hard to wrap your head around because it doesn't really exist in the modern world is that there used to be a thing called bearer assets. That is, <laughs> do you ever watch those heist movies, you know, where they have all these bearer bonds? They're bits of paper, they're certificates, yep. and they're called bearer bonds because if you rock up to the issuing institution and say, here you go, they will redeem that for yep. you in cash. They don't need to see what's your license, what's your holding registration number. It's just like, if it is in your hand, it is yours. So the classic example is gold or silver or something like that. If I own, if I, if I, if I'm, if it's mine, it's mine. Right. And what's really weird in the digital realm is to have a bearer instrument. In other words, I don't need a middleman. I don't need a custodian. That's kind of a big part of the point. And that's part of the the breakthrough and what it is, 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 and the saying is not your keys, not your coins. So if I own, if I have, have set up a, an address, so I only need, you know, 12 magic words. If I can recite that incarnation, I own an address and I can control what happens to any Bitcoin that, that sort of sits in that. I don't need permission. don't need a password. Mm. I don't need, you know, it's, it's mine, right? And as long as I can recite those, those words, I, I, can, I can do um, anything I want with them. Right. So that's the kind of cool thing, right? And I, I would encourage you, at least if you're new to it, at least with a small amount until you get comfortable with it, is to set up a wallet. This is a whole, well, let me just say at the start, anything I'm saying, you'll find a bit of Googling, you'll find some really good resources out there. And some of this stuff can be a little bit deep. But if you go to some of the, you know, some really good institutions like the people at Swan Bitcoin over in the US or River, really good. Here in Australia, I'm a big fan of Bitaroo, uh, who I use. Um, there's there's good educational content, so they'll they'll show you the specifics of of doing all this stuff, and there's software wallets, and there's hardware wallets, or sometimes called cold wallets and hot wallets, and it gets it gets all very unfamiliar very quickly. So I'll keep it short and just basically say is set one up, go to an exchange, just like you would with when you how do you buy shares? Well, you you got to go through a broker, same kind of thing. It's just that this will be a different broker. 
Uh, I give it five years before Comsec and others are offering it direct yeah. on their platform yeah. because that's what disruption looks like. And yep. you know, eventually they'll they will cave. They're mad, they're mad not to. Oh, why, why, why would like don't yep. never get between a you know as I said before never get between a banker and a profit <laughs> exactly. right like they'll do it because yep. they can't you can't you can't beat it yep. so join them. Um, uh, but yeah, in the meantime, uh, look, I'll, I'll give up. There's there's other great exchanges in Australia, but I focus only on the Bitcoin only ones. Don't go to the crypto casinos that will offer you. Doggy coin and all kinds of other uh, scammy nonsense. Um, it is a scam and it is nonsense. So go to the ones that are focusing on the true, true digital asset and commodity. Um, uh, set up an account, super easy. You do it in five minutes online. There is um, uh, KYC requirements. Know your clients. So you have to sort of verify who you are. And this is all, you know, libertarians won't like it, but there are there yeah. are certain realities in the world that we yeah. live in. So yeah. you need to do that. And then, and then you just click buy, transfer some money and click buy. It's super easy. You'd be scared. It's scarily how easy it is. If you're new to it, you might just want to do that and just leave it on the exchange, which means that technically you don't own it because it's not in your possession. In other words, you don't own the keys to that, to that wallet. They hold it for you. Mm. Uh, look at what happened with FTX, Genesis and everything. Remember all the big crypto blow up totally, last yeah, year? Yeah. It's because they rehypothecated and stole money and it wasn't all there and it was all kind of like just- Allegedly. So, no, no, not even allegedly. He's in jail, like SBF, right? It's kind of at Is this point. Gonna, I think, I yeah, yeah, he's, he's in jail. No, he's in jail. I think he's, on, I think he's, in, I think he's in jail as, on remand waiting for the conviction. I don't think he's been convicted yet. Anyway. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's as guilty as sin. And, if, <laughs> you know, that's given page, what, I've page, seen on, what I've seen online, is like I'm there's sure a long list of other people yeah. to go to take to court before you sue <laughs> some, <laughs> some person in Australia. Take Andrew for his Bitcoin. He's got a lot of them, apparently. But, but they are, they are. <laughs> no, I lost it all in a boating accident. Um, <laughs> the inside joke there. Um, but but I, I look, that, I, I could go on and on and on and on, as you know, but that's it. Go, go to Bitteroo, sign up an account, buy some, and then when you're a bit more comfortable with it, set up a hardware mm. wallet and transfer it there. And just do not lose those keys because there is no technical support. There is, there is no one who may, like if they are gone and yeah. be, there are horrifying stories out there of people who, who lost the keys. And there's no getting it back. Mate, it's like trying to guess that you and I are guessing the same atom in the observable universe. It's possible, but probably not going to happen. I, I, I'm, cu so, yeah. I'm curious as to your take on this. I know you're kind of a, a true believer and a, and a first principles guy on Bitcoin. So you're different to what Brent might be. And that's, I guess, why I'm, why I'm curious. And we can't give Brent specific advice or any of our listeners, obviously personal advice. But... Even listening to you explain that, I kind of get the idea of it, but I'm already kind of not glazed over. It wasn't that it was boring. It's like I'm, that already feels too hard to me because I'm mm. not a really a true believer. I'm not a first principles guy. I'm not someone who's like, you've said before, people should have a percentage of their portfolio in, in Bitcoin, not as advice, just as, a, as, a, as an idea. So mm. if I was going to say, if I was going to do it, I don't reckon even if, and, and again, maybe I'm missing the point because, you know, not your keys, not your coin, I get it. Mm. Even if you said, look, do it. Even if you got me out of the look, Scott, do me a favor. At least buy half a percent of your portfolio in Bitcoin. Mm. All right, okay, Ram, we'll do it. Okay, fine. Please do. I'm probably, right. I'm probably not going to go to the lengths that you suggest to make up my keys and my coin because I probably, I don't do that with my shares. I don't do it with my cash in the bank. Some mm. of it's protected under government guarantee. The rest is. I mean, that you talk about bearer bonds, you know, cash in in. In a, in a bank isn't a bearer bond or, or, or you know you can't redeem the the internet banking value um you, you might be protected from government if there's a collapse but you know there there is there's limitations to what you can and can't do mm. um how well, cash is cash is bearer that's I mean, that's True. that's going to disappear cash, cash very is, shortly yeah, right. but yeah that's that's a bearer instrument how yeah. how how fanatical should our listeners be about the not your keys not your coin versus 
finding a reputable exchange and leaving it there because that's about as much as it's chess or it's something else. I mean, at some yeah. point, and again, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not making the case for it at all, mate. I, I'm, I'm genuinely- No, it's a great, it's an excellent sure. question. It's an With, excellent you know, question. Does, yeah. Should the average person have their own wallet and their own keys? Or given, frankly, there's, there's, I, in my head, I'm thinking the risk of me screwing that up is greater than the risk of my exchange going broke, right? Yeah. So if I think about that, I'm like, I don't want to have to worry about the key. And that just feels like, I, I, get, that it, I get that it works. And I get if I was a really super nerdy, you know what guy would be like, oh, that's cool. Otherwise, yeah. I'm kind of like, uh, I just, I, I feel like I just no. don't want to. No, you're not alone. You're the majority. And and I, I would say this, it feels scary because it's unfamiliar. Imagine if yes. you'd never seen a car before. And then I sat you in the driver's seat and said, yeah. make this thing go. Yep. And there's all these buttons and dials and pedals and wheels. And like, yeah. I have no, yeah. but I mean, you're not going to sit there and go, oh, driving is really hard. It's beyond mm-hmm. it. like any idiot can drive a car. Right. Yeah. Uh, and if you've ever been on the roads, which I know everyone has, you know, that there's plenty of idiots out there behind the wheel. You don't, you don't need a PhD yeah. to drive a car. Right. It's the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. But when you first get there, it's unfamiliar. So mm-hmm. I want to distinguish between what is familiar versus what is hard. Mm-hmm. If you were to ask me, if you sort of, zeroed all of my accounts and set up and said, Andrew, go buy some Bitcoin. Yeah. And by this afternoon, I own Bitcoin. It's the easiest thing in the world. Wouldn't, wouldn't, oh, okay. it's so easy, insanely easy, right? Yeah, right, right, right? Can you set up a YouTube account? Can you set up a Gmail account? Yeah. Yes. Well, you, you, you've got the wherewithal to, to own and self-custody Bitcoin. So if, I lose my, if I lose my YouTube password, it doesn't cost me anything. Yeah, but why would like if you had a I gave you a block of gold yeah. you, and you would bury it somewhere, but you'd probably if you're a sensible person, you'd probably make some effort to at least have a record somewhere or tell someone trusted and close of where it is, right? You just but or, but or I might put a safe deposit box, right? And say to the bank, look after it for me. I, that, yeah. That's in my head. That's, so there's, that's the yeah. analogy. Right? That's, why, that's why I'm trying to think about, yeah. you've got the ETF option, you've got leave it on the exchange, you've got have your own wallet, you've got the cold wallet stuff, which we big spectrum. Get hold into. And that's, what, that's yeah. why I'm curious what the average person should do in yeah. terms of the risks and the reward, the risk on both sides, the risk of someone going broke or stealing it, the risk of you forgetting or losing it. Yeah. Where, where should the average person kind of, and they're not going to trade it, right? They're buying it for the long term. Yeah. What, what do you, what, what do you, what do you tell me to do? What do you tell someone else? Again, you're not giving me advice, but what's, do, do I go to the hassle? Or is like, you know, BlackRock are pretty reputable. Just buy their ETF because it's kind of the same thing. You're yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Or, and that's, that's why I said I last know. week, it's a big, that's why it's a big deal, the right. ETFs. Am right. I ever going to own that ETF? No, it's not for me. I, I mean, I, I can elaborate on that if you want but it's not it's not for me but it's a big deal because for most people it's like i don't have to do any of that stuff in fact i just i've already got a brokerage account i just have to type this ticker in so if you've got a stockbroking account which almost anyone listening to this podcast will type in ebtc um that's the global x21 shares bitcoin etf that's on the um uh, not the ASX. What's the other one? Chiex. Uh, yeah, CBOE. Uh, now I think it's called. So, oh, sorry, C- yeah, CBOE. Yeah. Um, and and you and you'll have exposure. Boom. Yeah. Done. Easy. Is that um, is that good enough? I look. I, I look. The the pure the puritist would say right. <laughs> it. You, you. I mean, there is counterparty risk there, right? Mm-hmm. But I would also say yes. But in the same way that it's unlikely that. Woolies is going to rug you with your shares or something. They're probably not going to. It's, a, it, it's possible, but very, very yeah. unlikely. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's more philosophical because I think we, too many people look at it as something to buy as an investment that yeah. will go up and I will make money. And it's just like, mm. you, you miss the point. You know, like what? It is money. It's just a different kind of money. <laughs> so I will never sell okay, okay. my Bitcoin. Hey, let, 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 I will spend my Bitcoin, but I won't sell it. So the, you've got to look at it like that. And that, I just, I'll just say very quickly, that's why I like to custody it myself. Yeah, right. Because one day I will want to spend it. Yeah. 
In fact, I've spent it, I, actually, I, there's a few sites I use around it. I, I bought some honey the other day. I, mean, I spend it all the time, right? So it's sort of like- Why would it's, you spend Bitcoin if it's going to go up so fast? Are you, for you the mad? Are you I mad? Spend it, I spend and replace. Are you so, mad? Yeah, no. I spend and replace because it's. I, I want to try and help uh, prime the pump <laughs> oh, of the circular gain. economy. I'm here, mate. Gain. Come for the money, stay for the revolution, right? I'm. I'm here to. I'm here to sort of like uh, kickstart the whole thing. So I'll, I'll do what I can. <laughs> One day I'm going to make you list all of the cringy memes and uh, and state sayings that. So many have. good ones. <laughs> so many good ones. You say good, I say cringy. There's somewhere in between. Uh, <laughs> no, that that's awesome. Thank you, mate. I really, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. I um. So, so can I can I try and again just for my own purposes and 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 Brent's put put a bow on it. An average person, uh, ETF, exchange, or your own wallet. I would be tempted. I I mean, there's no right answer. It's just yeah. it, so so it's my opinion. Totally. Yes, exactly. And, yeah. and 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 with the caveat of you know your quote unquote average person. Yep. I would probably go to an Aussie based Bitcoin only exchange over an ETF. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because- what, Yeah, go on. Yeah. I mean, I'm really hard. I, I don't- I'm, I'm, What I own is mm. an IOU. I own a paper- It's called paper Bitcoin. You know, it's like- It's it's not- <laughs> I mean, I want to own the real thing. If, if I- It's like me saying, hey, Scott, you owe me 50 bucks. Mm. And you go, okay. And you write on a piece of paper, I owe you $50. Here you go. It's like, well- can I have the fifty dollars, please? <laughs> like, why am I taking the IOU here? It's like you remember that scene in Dumb and Dumber where they spend all the money in the briefcase, and at the end they open it up and they're full of IOUs. They go, "That is Jim Carrey's character says that is as good as cash, sir." <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. I want the cash, right? And and again, people can, can people can disagree. I, I think you're wanting me to say the ETF, and and I don't disagree. Like, honestly, no, I, I don't. I don't want you. I, I, my, oh well, am I what, don't want you to know. My instinct would have been the ETF because the exchange could go broke and, and more like less likely to have the appropriate yep. levels of um, custody arrangements and oversight than a big ETF would. So if that, I was going to say, true. that is true. If I was going to say, yes. scottsbitcoinexchange.com.au uh, versus BlackRock or Vanguard, or we, we said Vanguard won't do it, BlackRock or States or someone else. I, if I had, if I looked at those two, and again, because I'm not a I'm excluding wallet because I'm thinking that's too hard. And again, I know you say it's not. No, I yep. absolutely accept that. But it, 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 I would have, I would have expected you to have said the ETF because at least the custody and the, and the reputation. There's other things that suggest yeah. it's less likely to disappear mm. versus an, S, uh, an FTX style exchange where it's like, uh, you know, am I so sure the exchange is reputable and trustworthy and is it going to be there when I want it? I just, I, I figured I would have had a better chance with an ETF. But again, I, I I'm glad you said no, something else because that was what you're I was right. Thinking. Look, there's, there is some ideology creeping into my answer. So you're, I mean, you're right. And, and look, I, I would say I'm anything, to be. anything I'm is better. No, 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 I, no, I think no, when you frame it like that, I'm catching myself here and going, yeah. So if you just want to do it right now, what is the easiest path to exposure? Jump onto your ComSec, your E-Trade, whatever, you know, hmm. platform you use. As I say, type in EBTC and hit buy, done done are there risks yeah but in the same sense yeah. that there are risks with with anything so i would say in australia pretty minimal and that's it but it's just that what, the biggest what, risk what, is, the, is the valuation risk of the, of the underlying asset right far yeah more than the custody or the far any more. of that kind yeah. of stuff yeah yeah yep absolutely so that's that's the that'd, that'd be the way to do it. and here's the other thing too it's not a one-way street right so you can mm. as you get more familiar you can you can do a little bit of both and, oh, and the rest true. of it and, you know so it, it it's not like once you make a decision that's it i started this way i will yeah, die right. on this hill this is nothing i will never change and yeah so yeah etf is the easiest and 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 in australia pretty safe 
that's really cool. I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you, Matt. I, I appreciate you um, sharing that. I'm so, I'm hey, so, um, so hard just to stop at this I point, know, but I, I will stop. I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I, 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 we will try and find you a, a way to uh, have an outlet for Bitcoin in some, in some form. But uh, we've done a couple of episodes. Wait, wait, well, you've, you've given me some, a lot of leash, so I do appreciate it. Oh, no, I, I always feel bad about doing it, only because I know it's such a big topic. It's like, where do you stop? So I just wanted to kind of try and do, do what we could to, to, um, to answer Brent's question. It's very divisive. I do get that too. <laughs> a little so bit. Half, um, half the audience is, well, sorry, 10% of the audience is interested and 90% roll their eyes. So I do Oh, you know what though? I reckon more interested. I, I, think, there's, I think there's half that are interested 10% that would actually do something with it and 40% who roll their eyes. I think that's, right. you know, right. I, think, I, think, I think our listeners are, are pretty, you know, regardless of whether you're going to buy Bitcoin, the whole thing, if you're not fascinated by it, you're not paying attention. Yeah. You know, I think that that to me is why I'm really happy that's to well talk about put. it. Because yeah. it is, it's like, it's that idea of like, that's really cool. I'm not going to do it, but man, that's a cool thing. I'm, I, I, it's, it, it's a great time to be alive and I can watch it happen and I can see it, all that kind of stuff. And that's, yeah. there's a very different thing there to like, the other thing I, I'm going to give you a rap mate and, and uh, you know do, do the appropriate thing in your pocket um, you do it in a very accessible way and you are a true believer but you're not an absolutist and you're not someone who's going to you know there there is a very real thoughtful approachable way you talk about it which is if you put your cards on the table I believe in this thing I think it's going to be massive but he, he, here is a very real balanced honest way to talk about it in a way that's not just the usual diehards on their on their you know on their um uh, uh, you yeah. know, kind of um, Bitcoiners are their own worst enemy. Well, so, yeah, right. so so often, you know, yeah. perfect is the enemy of the good. Like, yeah, such a good do you want to live this anarcho-capitalistic mm-hmm. ideal that you all see? You know, we've got to eat steak and lift weight. The, the subculture is pretty batty in a lot of ways, right? And um, but yeah, it's it's it it's it should be for like any technology. It should really be for anyone. Right. And, and there's, yep. there's a million different ways to skin the cat. And, and, and I would certainly say if, if you don't, if mm-hmm. the only reason that you want to, whether, whatever, however your exposure is chosen, if the only reason you're doing mm-hmm. it is because you think it might go up in fiat terms, don't do it. I really encourage you not to do it because you're just speculating. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's, you know, there's, there's, and I, I just, I just think if, if, this is true with investing in general with stocks, right? If mm. if you're buying something because it's going up, you're speculating. <laughs> yeah, that's and, right. And when when the market tests you, oh, it will test 100%. you. Yeah, you have yeah. you have got nothing. There's nothing to back up your conviction, and you will fold on the first. I mean, Bitcoin's dropped quite a. It was like seventy grand something yeah. Aussie, and I woke up this morning. It was fifty nine. It's like, oh, right, <laughs> right. And by the way, that again, that's a Tuesday, right? This is just half yeah, of the course exactly. on, on what happened. Up the same, but yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. But if but if you don't know what you're doing, then you're yeah. very likely to panic right and yeah. and so and this and this is i'm trying to make this broader than just bitcoin is any investment know what you own and why you own it to quote peter lynch and if you can't answer those questions then you have no business whether it's through an etf or self-custody yeah. or anything in between <laughs> right. don't own it yeah yeah yes agreed um mate, i'll finish finish with a comment we're, we're deep into the podcast this isn't a question so it'll only require a, a quick comment and then we can move on uh rich beautifully on behalf of for uh, the benefit of our listeners sent us an email said hi scott and ram i love the episode on charlie munger while listening on my pod machine i'm just going to leave that there as an added benefit for anyone who has the audible app i'm an amazon shareholder so i should put that on the table uh you can listen to the audio from the berkshire hathaway shareholders meetings as far back as 1994 oh that's cool isn't that i didn't know that was even being recorded that far back wow all you have to do is search berkshire hathaway in the search window at the top and it should populate under podcasts. 
Additionally, there's a bonus episode, I have heard this one, called The Psychology of Human Misjudgment. Oh, yeah, it's excellent. free to download as well, so you can listen to Charlie whenever you want. Just want oh, to share you, that. Go on. If you're not on Audible, that you you also find his recording on YouTube. On YouTube, for that yeah, correct. As well. yep. correct. Just wanted to share that with the listeners. As always, keep up the great content from across the pond. Foolishly rich. Thank you, Rich. That is awesome, awesome news. I would, I think. And again, I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, um, I'm not going to give Amazon a rep for the sake of it, but I will only because. It looks like that Audible podcast is actually free. So I don't think you have to be an Audible um, member, paid member. Maybe you do, but I don't think so. I think if you don't like the app, and I think you probably access the podcast. So uh, no no promises. Um, but if you're not, again, I don't want to own an Amazon, so I feel like I'm spruiking. I'm not. Um, if it's not available elsewhere, but it is available through Audible, you can at least download the Audible app, listen to that, and then go back and do whatever you want with whatever, whatever other audiobooks you want to listen to. Um, yeah. I will give audiobooks a massive wrap. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a huge convert between mowing and driving and walking around doing whatever. Audiobooks that I've just I've consumed so many books on audiobooks. So, um, do you know the only I danger? Well, I me too, but I I do find my mind can start to wander, yes. and then I go. Yes, I usually do it when I'm walking, right? Yes. And then I I get around the corner and go, and I start paying attention again. So, oh, <laughs> what happened? I, I don't know. I, yeah. you know. So I do a lot of rewinding, and was I up to here? Yeah, and what, okay. So it's at, at least can, at least when your do mind it, do it while you're active. So yeah, a, a um. I find if I'm exercising, which is not as often as it should be, or mowing or driving, there's something about the the, the break. You kind of yeah, you don't your mind doesn't wander as much, mm. and there is something there is something that's easier true. of that. I thought only from my experience anyway. I thought it's worth. I but can't. Yeah. I actually, well, having said that, I don't think I've ever done that just sitting and listening. Yes, I agree. I've I always do done it yes. driving or walking. Yes. yes. You know. Yeah, I, I, I tune out if I'm sitting as well. You, you, there's, there's something about having part of your brain occupied that doesn't let you daydream, but lets you pay attention to a yeah. to some audio. I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, seems to seems to work. So, Rich, so, thank you, mate. Really appreciate it. This is one thing that's really just happening as we sort of speak now. I've seen some awesome examples of this with with some of the AI tech that's out there. Mm. Whereas you take a lot of this content and you can actually have Charlie read it to you in his voice and with his image, like the lips <laughs> all synced up. It's like very. I mean, it's kind of a scary world but, where yeah, deep, we have deep fakes that we're sort of getting <laughs> ourselves into. But it, it is. I mean, you know, combined with like the new. Um, uh, AR headset from Apple and what Meta is yeah, right. doing. I get, it's not really that far away between we're just sitting there and actually having a conversation with Charlie while he espouses uh, these these bits of wisdom <laughs> and then expands and like, he's like it is it is yeah. it is. I was like just I was going to say it's like not far away. It's kind of here, right? Yeah, if you if yeah. you know what you're doing, but it'll go mainstream in the next few years, and I'm here for it, man. It's, I'm assuming the a- first Charlie bot actually insults you from time to time. Oh, it should. It's not a. It's not a proper bot if it doesn't. <laughs> that's, right. yeah. that's a stupid question. So, sorry, yeah. Charlie. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which is what I want, right? Yeah, I'd yeah. be disappointed if if it wasn't like Charlie Munger on your shoulder is uh, is a very very worthwhile asset. I would love. I'm looking forward to having a a, a Bitcoin debate with Charlie, right? Because that, that <laughs> yeah. he hated it. He hated we it. We should live cast that one. That's it. That that's would what be I fun. <laughs> yeah, it would be super fun. <laughs> uh, I reckon he cut you off halfway. Hey, oh, Andrew, stop. Just stop. This is ridiculous. Yeah, just stop. I'm out. <laughs> well, you're a bot and uh, I'm going to turn you off or you're going to stay here. I've, I've always if, got if, that threat. If, Char- if Charlie is the first bot to uh, to gain sentience, I will not be slightly surprised. Hey, look, there could be worse bots <laughs> yeah, to gain right. self-awareness. Yeah. <laughs> I just if anything's going to do that, it's going to be Charlie, right? Just sheer force of AI will. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Anyway, anyway. Mate, we've gone long and, and hard. Again, thanks, Rich, for sharing that uh, link. That's really, really cool. Um, yes. Mates, 
have a fantastic rest of your Sunday for everyone else. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Will you join me on Friday? You, you couldn't stop me if you tried, mate. It's the highlight of my week. That's a very, very sad comment the rest of your life, Andrew. But in the meantime, <laughs> I just also uh, I enjoy it thoroughly. Uh, we will see you next Friday. Until then, full on. Cheers. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under Financial Services Licence 400691.